Hey, this is LGBTQ&A. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today I'm talking to Shangela from RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 3. We talk about everything going down this season, including what she's doing post-drag race, like working with Lady Gaga. I also previously interviewed Trix Mattel and Katya, if you want to check those interviews out. And then, as always, if you like our show, please subscribe, rank us five stars, and leave a comment on iTunes. Specifically, leaving a comment is one of the biggest ways you can help our show grow. And then don't forget to check out our old home at AfterBuzz TV. They are the number one place for all your after show discussions. All right, without further ado, here's Shangela. So you were there when Ben Creme eliminated herself from the competition. I was there. You yes, were there. I've been there the whole time. But what was going through your mind when she did that? Well, it was a surprise for sure. Uh, that episode was a very emotional episode because when we found out what the challenge was, I was excited. I'm like, oh, yes, songwriter, we're about to be, you know, Destiny's Child, Pussycat Dolls, Fish. I was excited. And then to hear that the eliminated queens were coming back, okay. We've seen that before in All-Stars 2. We all kind of felt at some point that might happen. So we were like, okay, here we go. You know, bring on the drama. But then to find out that no matter how well that the five of us did, uh, the remaining queens, one of us had to go home and someone from the Eliminated Queens had to come back. And honestly, I just felt like that was, I didn't feel like that was the fairest way to do it because if you have 10 girls in a room and these are your top five, and they do stellar, why does one of the five have to go, and six out of ten, one of the bottom gets to come back? That If everyone from the five did lovely, which I felt in watching it that everyone on our team did so good, and maybe just because I'm partial because I've, you know, been going through this experience with these girls for, you know, five episodes now. At this point, it was over a month and a half. We've been working, you know, just, you know, fighting to get to the top, and we just built such a bond. So I just hated to see any one of our group have to go home, especially when we kick ass in the challenge. I've been doing a good job in the competition thus far, I felt, but you never know how it may fall and that's just the the game of all stars so I was like okay if this is my night to go okay but you know here we go let's find out and then the song was Deborah Cox nobody's supposed to be here and I'm like BB you better wear this out because I know she can dance and she was up there in a gown and she did a lovely job but in the back you know as a dancer myself who used to break up a sweat to Deborah Cox nobody's supposed to be here dance remix always even as a kid I'm like in the back, like it hurt to not be able to perform this song. Me and Kennedy Boke, she was like, bitch, this was my number, girl. I was supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, me too. But that being said, when Ben won, we were like, okay, so who's she going to send? So we three can take the stage and we're standing there. And you really, I don't, I didn't hear any of her speech, to be honest. We're on one end of the stage. She's on the other. She was, you know, she was choked up because it was emotional. So she wasn't talking very loudly. And honestly, I was just waiting for the lipstick. Just my in my head, I, so much is going on. I didn't hear anything. I tuned everything out. And then when she said, I'm, I'm sending myself, I'm going home. Literally, I had to look to the left and I just like went down to my knees because I was in such shock. Like, oh my God, did this girl really just pull the page and do that? Okay, is this a stunt? What What's going on here? What's going on? And it was authentic. She was really sending herself home. So then I was like, oh my God. You know, in my head, before I came to Drag Race, I thought like maybe there's going to be a moment where I'm going to pull a Katniss and be like, no, my sister can't go. I volunteer as tribute. But no one really is going to do that, you know? Not a month and a half in. No, I mean, 
mean, you've been doing so, we've been working so hard to get to this point. And, and uh, this isn't to say anything bad against Ben. We're all different people. We're all different queens. We're, we've all lived different lives, lives to get us to this point. But I, just knowing my journey from season two, three, and what I've done outside of Drag Race to get to this point, to get that call, to come back to All Stars 3, to go into the competition, you know, you you work so hard to get all your things together, and then you never know what's going to be thrown at you, and to survive, and to survive, and keep going, to get to this point, I can't see myself quitting. Hell to the no. I wouldn't. I would not, because for me, this is just for Shangela. I feel like I am there representing the people who have put so much faith, time, money, you know, knowledge into me and support. I would feel as if I were letting those people down. I'm not giving up. But that's just how I am as a person. I Quitting has never been an option to me in my life. You know, I grew up poor. I didn't have a lot of money. If you didn't go out and get a job and work, honey, you ain't going nowhere. If you didn't get an education and learn something and go to school and work and get a scholarship or or work yourself through you ain't gonna get you're not gonna graduate that's just how it is in life and looking at you from season two and three to now it's a night and day difference uh yeah yeah honey night midnight morning time honey it's very different isn't it i don't mean that in a shady (laughs) way but it's it's a different queen yeah well you know what it's an evolved person and Paul, um, really polished. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, st- I still, every day, am learning new stuff. I don't think I'm the best drag queen out there, but I definitely am one of the hardest working. And I hope that's something that I represent to people who follow me or to have watched my me grow up in drag race. Because honestly, I started as a baby queen five months in. I came back, only been doing drag for still a year during season three. Wait, wait, wait. Your first time on drag race, you'd only done drag for five months? Five months, a total of 10 shows. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. I was the baby queen, honey. Look at the look at me walking in the room, honey. I ain't got hardly no makeup on. I thought I was painting lovely. <laughs> That's amazing. Think about how long queens try out for the show for, work for. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, to be... To have only done drag for five months and then to be on that stage with RuPaul looking at RuPaul, first of all, and RuPaul looking at you and saying, welcome, my top 12 children in all of America. And I'm like, me? Oh, I was so excited to be there. But, you know, Ru definitely and the producers and the casting, I guess, saw something in me as a drag entertainer that they knew was something that wasn't going anywhere. Even though I was still discovering who I was as a queen I was very thankful that they saw my talent and ability. Now, there were skills that need to catch up to stage talent and ability. Makeup, hair, costume. We won't talk about sewing. But, um, you know, there were a lot of things to catch up there. So I'm just happy to be able to come back to Drag Race and showcase that now. I think it's really inspiring, too, for the fans because we see these crazy, polished, amazing queens. We look at you in All Stars now. And to see the journey, it's like, oh, wow, we can do that, too. Yes, and you can. You know, I watched YouTube a lot. I learned a lot of makeup skills there. I would be working around the world with different queens, and I became that question queen. Every time in the dressing room, like, oh, girl, where'd you get that glitter? Sister, how'd you get that eyeliner to pull back like that? What foundation do you use? Like, they'd be like, oh, Lord, she coming here with the questions again, girl. <laughs> but I just, I, I wanted to learn so much and still do. You mentioned the producers. It came to a shock to them as well that Ben left the competition. What was going on behind the scenes in terms of production? Well, you know, we were on the stage, so I can't tell you exactly what was going on with them, but I just know that it was a shock to everyone. It was a shock to Rue. Um, looking at it now, watching the episode, you know, you see that shot of the camera filming her writing her name in the whiteout. So somebody knew. 
Somebody knew something. I don't know if they didn't tell nobody, but somebody knew what was going on. But um, I just think, you know, what a moment. Um, and everyone has difficult decisions. And, you know, it was also, you can hear her in the episode saying, like, you know, I'm just not here for the drama. And I get that. But you, she, it's not her first time at RuPaul's Drag Race. Honey, I've watched the show. I've been on the show four times. I don't watch the show every year. I'm a fan of the show before I'm a contestant. So you know what you're kind of going into. But again, we're all wired differently. Some of us are at different places in our life. And I just know that for me, I want to stay in this competition because that crown does mean something to me. When she said, you know, watching it back now, she's like, you know, this means a lot more to those girls than it does to me. Part of me was like, is she throwing shade at us? Like, it doesn't mean anything to her. What do you mean it doesn't mean it? This is RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. This is a crown. It does mean something. But I guess in that moment, for her, the competition didn't, I don't know what that means. All I know is for me, she's exactly right then. It does mean more to me than I guess it does to her. It means a lot to me because it's everything that I put my faith and work and blood and sweat and tears and the time away from my family and not, you know, just being in my house. I've been touring the world. I've worked on six out of the seven continents. I've created music. I've been in film and television. I've been working. And to be at this point right now, to be in that all-stars room, Rue saying like, you are one of my all-stars. I'm like, thank you. Six and a half years. Well worth it. You're and like, I, want I, that agree. I agree. Hallelujah. You right, girl. See you, sister. Need help packing. (laughs) Last question about Ben that I have to ask you. Everyone's wondering about this tweet that you sent about knowing the truth and her not being this Christ person. Can you talk about that? Uh, Okay, yes, I can. I want to just squash that real quick. First of all, I always get on to my friends a lot of times and be like, girl, you don't have to tell everything on Twitter, sister. Get a journal. Write it down. And for me, uh, it was Sunday. Uh, it was Oscar Sunday. I was in the middle of watching the Oscars and, you know, back and forth. And I saw a tweet that she had written from her account that said, that referred to herself as hashtag Ben Christ, which was something that Aja referred to her. That's kind of funny, right? From the show. In that moment, I was like, well, hold on. Cause you, I've never known her out of her mouth to refer to herself as Ben Christ. Which, and I think it was just a compilation of so many people commenting about how, like, she had given us this, you know, she gifted the other girls this opportunity now to win, as if we ain't been doing shit the whole time on the show. And and then to see her buy in, what I felt like, her, like, buying in on that and being like, I have benevolently left you girls with the competition now that I'm leaving. Hold on, baby, let's add up the receipts. First of all... You've won shit at the time. Yes, she has been in the top, the top two. Remember, there's a top two five times in this competition at this point. We were on episode number six. She's won only two and a half times. I've won one and a half times. Um, I've also been in the top three times at this point, only once in the bottom. Other girls like BB never been in the bottom, period. So it's not like, yes, she was doing very well in this competition, But she wasn't gifting all of us with Trixie's also been, you know, she had a slow start, but she's been doing pulling her own in this competition as well. So to like shade the other girls and be like, I've now now that I'm gone. Good luck, ladies. Now you have a chance. I'm like, bitch, you rolled out. There were still there are still three episodes left in which if you would have been in the bottom, just like I was never expect to be at the bottom in one. But I was you could be in the bottom. 
you are always in the top. Sewing challenge, she was not in the top. And when it gets to the slim pickings of the group, it's like two of y'all are in the top. One is in the middle, two is in the bottom. Everyone, it's not like any, you know, even the judges say they're like splitting hairs in order to pick who's going to be in the tops and bottoms. So it's not like she had this like leaps and bounds, you know, lead on all of us that was untouchable. No shade to Ben. She's been doing a great job in the competition. I'm just saying to see her write that, like Ben De La Christ, in that moment, I felt like, now girl, you know the real tea. It wasn't like you just gifted us with this competition and you leaving. And there's other things that were weighing in on her decision to leave as well. And I know these things. That being said, so I responded to her tweet. In my head, it was kind of like texting. Like, you know, you see something and you and I just immediately responded to it. It was like te- somebody texted you, you text them back. I forgot that my group chat basically is like a million people. So... All those people started responding, like, what is the tea and all this? And I didn't mean for it to become like a story. I also text Ben. Right after I did that, I text her directly because I didn't want her thinking that I'm like talking about her online because I'm not that kind of girl. Baby, I got something to say to you. I'll call you up. I probably should have called her first before writing the tweet, but I just saw the tweet and was immediately like, oh, really, girl? Don't do that. Don't do that, sister. Don't do that. And I text her and we resolved it on text. Easy breezy. And then she responded online and I responded back and we totally breeze up. That's how girls do. That's how we do. We're sisters. At the end of the day, it's like a real family. Sometimes you don't always agree with your sister. You let her know. She'll let me know. I'm sure if I said something sideways, she will call and let me know. Okay. It so, sounds like an adjustment to fame too that, oh yeah, I have a thousands of eyes watching me. I totally just didn't think about that. I was just like, oh, you said that baby? Well, let me tell you something, honey. And just totally forgot that we have a combined thing of a million people following us on Twitter. So it became this thing. And then also I didn't realize, <laughs> Shanji and her no knowledge of Twitter, that it was part of a, um, of her tweet was a part of another conversation, like a thread that she had been talking on. I, I, I wasn't paying no attention. I didn't know. I just responded to Ben De La Christ. So apparently it was a part, part about the whole trans conversation, which I hadn't even weighed in on and was not even thinking about for that particular tweet. So I just didn't want anyone to think that I was trying to like hijack the trans conversation or make any drama. I was just, I saw something that was written. I didn't agree. I replied to her. Then I called her directly. I didn't want to go back and delete the tweet. I could easily go delete the tweet, but I ain't that kind of girl. I stand by everything I do. I'm Shangela, bitch. I'm grown. <laughs> the tweet's there. It's fine. The tweet's there, girl. Tweet gate. As long as it wasn't a post-it note in a station, I'm happy. <laughs> So tell me this, you enter the competition day one, there's 10 girls, were there 10 girls? So day one, looking around at the people who are your competition, yes. the person that you thought was your biggest competition, did that track across to now we've almost two episodes left? Is that person still your biggest competition? Did that change? You know, um, at the moment, because see, remember, I'm also not just a contestant on Drag Race, I'm a fan of Drag Race. I okay. every season, even if I wasn't on it, although I was on a lot of them. Um, I know that just because you know a girl and go, oh, she's my competition. Because there's been time between now and Drag Race, myself included, because I was coming in as a dark horse. They didn't see me coming, baby. They all said, oh, she, we know what she does, the one-two step. They didn't know what I had on my sleeve. Oh, that surprises me that you say that, because I think of you as a fan favorite always. Thank you. I appreciate that. But a lot of girls in the Drag Race world, I think they look up to me as a hard worker, but they don't necessarily see me as 
a strong creative queen on the runway just because based on what I did in season two and three, I thought I had a very good run, but I mean, I wasn't very polished. And so, and they haven't seen me on a runway or in a competition since then. That was four or five years ago, six years ago. So um, I didn't think that a lot of them thought the, saw the fun stuff that I had coming down the runway, like the blow up ball on episode two or my Beyonce baby bump floral couture, you know, the corn with the, the, the whole reveal thing and other things. So I don't know if they saw that part coming, but that was what I'm think. What I'm saying is in looking around the room, I knew that some girls that may, I may not think are competition for me could have some stuff up their sleeves. So that's why I taught, saw everyone as strong competition. And I go in as Daenerys Stormborn, honey. I'm the Daenerys Targaryen of drag. I said, let's make these alliances. Let's win this gig. Watching the show now with the audience and you're seeing confessionals for the first time, are you ever hurt by what queens say about you? You know what? Season three, I was. Because I was new. I was what I would consider a little naive. I saw, I'm a homegirl. So all these, a lot of the girls in the room, I knew from LA. I knew Raja. I knew Manila through Sahara. I knew a lot of the girls. And then, and they were all very nice to my face up until the cakes challenge, which was, I think was like four or five episodes in, but they never said anything to my face. Like they never called me booger to my face. They never were like shaded me to my face until episode five. So watching back the show the year later and seeing from day one they were like not feeling me and just saying like rude and nasty stuff about me my feelings were hurt I was shocked I was like well damn but now it's just something I've come to maybe expect with Drag Race and also I think in this group of all-stars we have a little bit of a greater respect for each other we've worked together we've known each other from the scene we've seen how hard each individual works and it's and I think also I've grown up too I said some nasty comments too back in the day hell I threw a drink on a girl you know (laughs) letting her know I didn't have no sugar daddy which was the truth but um, I think we've all kind of grown up and evolved. And even though the stuff we say may not be great, my feelings weren't really hurt by anything this season. Yeah. You've worked on TV shows more than almost any other queen. Thank you. Yeah. It's a big have... accomplishment. Thank you. You know, I moved to L.A. Um, back in 2009. Uh, to work as an actor. That's what I, my real passion is. I love drag as well. It's also a great passion of mine. But what's been my dream as a kid from now has always been to work as an actor. So to be able to do that now in Hollywood um, and get in those rooms and audition and, you know, because I don't get handed roles. I still have to go in there and audition against every other actor that's up for a part. And I've been really thankful to work on shows like Glee and Community and Two Bro Girls and Bones and The Mentalist. I beat down an alien with my purse on X-Files, honey. It's great. And you're working um, in and out of, out of drag, too. Yes. A lot of the roles have been in and out of drag. And recently, we just finished filming Hurricane Bianca 2, which will come out this summer. And I have a role in the new movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper called The Star is Born out that's, in October. That's massive. Thank you. Congratulations. I'm happy. Hallelujah. And then I guess my follow-up question has to be, what was it like working with Gaga? Everything. Oh, really? Everything. Oh, my gosh. It's like... When you dream, when you have a dream, a good one, and you're like, this is how life should be, that's how it was working with Gaga. She was humble and sweet and genuine and generous with her time, and we had um, downtime between uh, takes 
to um, be in the dressing room together while they're like, you know, moving cameras around and stuff. And honey, you know, I said, well, I got a Gaga audience. I'm going in. Bitch, I pulled every story I knew and she was living and I was like, oh, we're best friends now. But she didn't call me. But um, I wish she would because it was it was amazing to get the opportunity to do the role. Her manager, Bobby Campbell, had reached out to me um, saying like, hey, we switched up this role and we're interested in having uh, LG calls her LG. LG is interested in having you come in for. I said, well, baby, if LG's calling, I'm coming. Hallelujah. She knew who you were. Yeah, because I'd actually worked with her. Um, she uh, asked Courtney uh, Act and I, through a friend, to be in her lyric video for the applause uh, song when it first came out on Art Pop. And she actually came and filmed it at Mickey's herself. And then she came backstage with us and like talked to us and like hung out. So, you know, we have roots together. And, and Perry Meek, who's uh, a great designer who's worked with Gaga. Um, he's a friend of mine and he helped me. He's like, girl, he's Australian. That's my Australian accent. Gail, they're doing a movie, gal. You better go over there, gal. There's a drag queen role, gal. They want you, gal. So I went and auditioned, got the role. And in the dressing room, I just remember saying to her, like, you know, I was telling her all these funny stories about how uh, I performed Just Dance on Bones. But I thought that originally the song was going to be Run the World by Beyonce. So I had the Beyonce costume made. I had the Beyonce hair. I'm coming painted like Beyonce. And then right before I go on, they go, oh, no, 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 you're doing Just Dance. So I told her, you know, you and Beyonce have done three collaborations. And she goes, um, no, Shan. She calls me Shan. Shan, I think we've only done two. I said, no. She goes, yeah, telephone, video phone. No, just the two. I said, no, girl, you did telephone, video phone, and season four, episode nine of Bones, girl. She died laughing. She kept telling me, Shan, tell another one. Tell another one, Shan. That is so funny. You you have this amazing story, too, where you asked her, where do you store your memories? Because she has so many amazing things. Um, Where did that come from? That's such an interesting question. You know, it comes from my own experiences of course i'm not on the level of a lady gaga at all but you know i've worked consistently touring and traveling for the last six years and uh you just sometimes it's like city to city to city to city and sometimes i can rattle you my entire schedule like back to back to back like right now i'm in the middle of a 62 city tour between like that i just started at the end of january that ends at the end of june so that being said like you just you're on the go so much. You meet so many great people. You have so many awesome experiences. But then you kind of like forget stuff. You just, uh, and my friends will be like, girl, remember that time we were? And I'm like, we went, where were we again? We went on a cruise? And they're like, bitch, we were. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I have no recollection. So I asked her, like, you have so many big moments, like the Super Bowl and, you know, working with Tony Bennett and all these videos and all these tours and so many great things. Like, how do you remember everything? And she was very sweet and and had one of those like super genuine, you know, stare in your eye. And she goes, Shan, I'll tell you. And she thought and she goes, well, first I have a warehouse. Actually, I have two that has all of my favorite costumes and wardrobe in them. And I said, oh, girl, sign me up. I'll do tours. (laughs) I'll get on a golf cart and take a tour. She goes, oh, Shan. But then she looked at me and she said, But the real way that I hold on to my memories, and she looked around the room, she said, if you look in this room, Richie there, Bobby, her manager, Richie, her choreographer, um, and she said, all these people, Brandon, all these people hold my memories. 
I've worked with them since I first started with the Fame album, if not earlier. And I remember when I look at Richie, I think about, you know, going to clubs and like trying to get DJs to play my song or, you know, us trying to get the Coachella performance together in just a couple days, you know, and how hard we worked. I look at, you know, um, I look at Bobby and I think about all the different things that we've done. So my friends really hold a lot of the memories for me. And it's just in having them around that I'm reminded of so many great things. And I was like, oh, bitch, you're going to make me cry and drag. Like, she was so sweet and genuine. I just fell in love with her even more. That's such a good answer. Yeah, it is, right? I'm going to have to come up with something good like that. <laughs> Talking about all of the cities you're traveling to and then also wanting to work in TV, doesn't that pull you away from TV opportunities since you're out of LA? Yeah, it does. Um, that's always, I, my friends know I say this to them all the time, like, this is the year, guys. I'm coming off the road. And I'm going to focus on my life in L.A. and work in television as an actor. This is my year. And they're like, girl, you've been telling us that since season three. Um, it's true. It's difficult. And then all of a sudden you look up and six years have gone by. And you're like, wow. But I've had the great, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's God, if it's like the way the universe works for me. But a lot of times these roles have just fallen into the pockets that I'm going to be in town. A, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that you just happen to be here. That's how Glee worked. They were like, we got this role on Glee. Once you come in for the audition, but we don't know if you're going to be here for the filming dates. We feel it's going to be weird. We're going to shoot on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like, I'm there. And I'm that girl that will come film Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wash my face and go get on an overnight flight on Thursday night to go get to my gig on Friday. And I've just, you know, Hurricane Bianca. Originally, they were shooting the film in Dallas again. It was going to be during a different time period. I wasn't able to do it. And then something happened with one of the actresses. They had to move the production to New York. And Bianca was like, girl. We're going to film in New York. Do you have two weeks? And I had two weeks off at the beginning of October that I had set aside to like just be off. And it was perfect. And we, we were able to shoot all my scenes in those 10 days. And it's just amazing how that kind of stuff works out. And I think it's, you know, really about when you're present and you're ready for something and you just have your mind like I can do it. And the opportunity comes and you just match up and you do it. Literally, I left and went to Puerto Rico in the middle of filming to go do a volunteer project down there right after the hurricane. And they were like, um, you know, there are hardly any flights, sister. You're not going to be able to make it back. And I was like, I'm going to make it back. And I did. And we continued filming. And it was awesome. I had one day off in, I think, late January. And they needed me. To, they needed. It was important to refilm some ADR stuff. And literally that one day I was finished the show in Boston. Flew up to New York, recorded, got out of drag, literally in the car, going to the airport to make it to my next gig that night in another city. Like, you just have to make it work. So do you have days off? You know what really makes me take a day off is when I get sick. And I got a cold after we came back from this tour in Brazil recently, last week, and I had to cancel two shows. And I've never, I hardly ever have to cancel anything. It it hurts me. Like... I would go on stage. Bitch, I broke my leg on stage, okay? I was in New York. I did a death drop that went wrong. I broke the tibia and fibula bones on the right leg and still tried to finish the number on stage with one leg. So I'm that girl that hates to have to cancel or pull out of something I did, but I'm way better now. And sometimes you just have to listen to your body. Yeah, how is that sustainable, though, to go, 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 go? I always say I was built for this. It's just what it is. Uh, everyone tells me that like Shinji you need to rest more you need to take time off and I will there will be a time when I will till I'm not crazy you know yet I'm not too crazy but honestly I feel like 
I was built for this. I'm a morning person. I like to wake up in the morning. I like to get going with the day. I have a lot of energy for life. Um, I have a good time and I enjoy what I do and I love people. So all those things kind of work with my job. And that's why I say like, bring it. I love this. Bring it. Yeah, you got two more shows for me. I had two days off. Lovely. Let's go. I'm built for it. And I like money. I love money. I love having money. You know, I grew up with no money. So to be able to like help take care of my family now and to save um, and, you know, just to work hard and have something to show for it. I love that. Now that you are making more money, do you still worry about money, though? I don't necessarily worry about it. I just worry about and I won't even call it worrying. I just have to have a stronger focus on being smart with money. See, when you don't grow up with a lot of money and my parents had never had a lot of money, so we didn't know how to manage money very well. So you get it and you just spend it because that's what it's for. Right. And I've had to learn how to manage money better. And I think growing up without a lot helped me to do that because I knew that I didn't want to be without. Also, I have a very generous and big heart. So you want to kind of help everybody. You have to learn that you have to manage how you do that as well. And, you know, I'm not over here saying like I'm no millionaire or nothing. No, let's not put that in the books. Okay. Hopefully I will be one day. But um, I've just learned how to be a little smarter with money and just being an adult, you know. Did you learn the hard way? Yeah, yeah. I don't have been broke before. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on what I consider stupid stuff. That doesn't mean it's not, doesn't mean something to other people. And that's very valid. Uh, but me personally, like, I don't have to have a lot of huge material things. Number one, I'm never home to really enjoy them anyway. And every now and then, though, I will be like, I'm splurging on myself today, bitch. I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to stay in there two hours because I deserve it, you know? And so how does dating factor into your life when you're traveling this much? I don't have no love. I don't have no love, Lord. <laughs> what about sex? Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Is it after dark? Um, you know, honestly... It's hard. I would love to be in a committed relationship. I don't think I've been in a relationship. My last one was like two and a half years. And that was like six years ago, right before Drag Race. So um, I'm not home enough. You have to be in one place, I think, to build trust and a relationship with a particular person. And honestly, being on the go all the time, I just don't have that luxury right now. I would love to at some point, and I hope to see that. We'll, we'll all say I'm just holla looking for love out here. But, um, you know, maybe that'll come. But right now, that's really not where my focus is. My focus is on trying to do all the things that I have in my head um, that I would love to see come to life. And that's, you know, television and film projects, and that's music, and that's my stage shows, my comedy tour. I have a new comedy tour called Shangela is Shook. That is, uh, it starts in the UK. I have two weeks in the UK, uh, starting March 31st. And then I'm doing, uh, two weeks in Australia that they're already almost sold out of the summer. So we just went on sale last week. So I'm so thankful. Um, and so that's going to be a really fun show. And I want to just continue to do that. That's why I want to put my, my thoughts and not really worrying about like, where is my husband right now? Yeah. Are you still able to be as involved in your management company? Yes. Uh, thankfully though, I have a very good solid business partner named Ron Davis who I've worked with uh, since the beginning of Shangela. 
and he handles all of the day-to-day type stuff. I handle more of the uh, building great partnerships for us, coming up with some ideation, different ideas, uh, creative avenues, kind of what the roadmap for the company looks like. That's kind of where my head is. And hopefully when I do come off the road, we'll be able to continue to expand the company as well. And because for people who don't know, the management company represents drag queens, right? Yes. And you started it. It's a company called Say What Entertainment that I started back in 2012. It's been profiled by Forbes.com, which I'm very happy about and now here thankfully uh, talking about it but it is it's a drag management company for drag queens specifically right now the queens from a couple of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race you know we represented Morgan McMichaels and Raven and Alyssa Edwards and um, just to continue to get us national and international bookings and uh, engagement because the show the exposure is amazing but it does not ensure success right no I mean think about it there are over a hundred queens from RuPaul's Drag Race have been born into the world. And success is defined differently for every different queen. Uh, but the show is not just some, you know, cash cow or uh, golden ticket to success. You've got to work. And you and all the girls, I think, in their different lanes and in their different avenues have learned it takes the work. We got to do it ourselves. Nobody was like after drag race and you get kicked off or whatever you do, even if you win, there's no like person that goes, okay, now come on, baby. I'm going to make you a star. Here's how we do it. No. And you know, the hardest, some of the hardest working girls that you see out there, uh, people like Bianca Del Rio and Alaska and Alyssa and uh, a lot of huge names. There's, there's tons. Um, Bob, they're out there working. They're the ones that are going like, okay, I want to do a tour here. Who can I partner with to make it happen? They're writing their own shows. They're coming up with their own content and material. And that's what it takes in order to be what you want to become. You know, when Trixie was on the show, I asked her if it was possible for queens to make it nowadays without being on the show. And she mentioned like Coco Peru, Peaches Christ, uh, Lady Bunny. But what I actually meant to ask was for up and coming queens, do they need to be on the show in order to have like big careers today and mainstream success? The show helps. Right. I won't lie about that. It's the hard show to compete. definitely gives you a greater platform. I mean, it's television. I just don't know how you compete against that exposure. Here's how. You be different. You be unique. Baby, look at all these YouTubers that have come up. They came up and grew their success. I always talk about like people like, I know Todrick was on a reality show, but he really took his startup and made it a huge success through the internet. Tyler Oakley, you know, these big names uh, from social media, they didn't get on television. They made it from their bedroom or from a hallway. You know, they did it on them on their own. And I respect and admire that. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of work as well. But you can make a name for yourself. You just have to stand out. You just have to figure out what it is you want to do and how in this world of that everybody's a star, you're going to be unique and be different and you're going to stand out. That's what's the most important thing is, you know, you have to figure out what's your brand and how you're going to best sell it and how you're going to get people behind it, because that's very important. And yeah, you can be a star without RuPaul's Drag Race, honey. Of course you can. It might be a different kind of star, but you can definitely do it. And then what I've noticed, the cool thing is when people put the work into their own talent and brand, Drag Race may come looking for you. I didn't. When I first came out, season two, I wasn't trying to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. Girl, they asked me to put in an audition tape, and I told them no. Now, I, that was probably stupid, but I surely did. I was like, I don't want to be on TV as no drag queen. I just started. 10, 10, I've only done 10 shows in my entire career. 
but I'd start, you know, I'd started working West Hollywood. They'd given me my own hosting gig on Monday nights at the Here Lounge. I was doing my show. I was oh, like, I miss here. Yeah, right. I was doing my Monday night gig and I was just working to be the best me. I wasn't worried about trying to be on TV or trying to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. The attention came because I was doing my job as a person, doing the work on myself. And so that's what I encourage everyone to do out there. Don't be like, I'm just, I have a drag daughter. Her name is Bambi. Bambi wants to be on Drag Race. Now, she ain't done not one show, drag show yet, on an amateur show. She ain't got a, <laughs> she, I, I always tell her, baby, before you over here trying to put your audition tape together, why don't you go over here and do you a show on the Thursday night show at Rage or on the Monday night show at Mickey's? You need to do, put in your time figuring out who you are, who is your character before you throw yourself in TV and make a fool out of yourself like your mom on season two. Okay, not knowing nothing. She, This girl, Bambi, she's a big lineage with you and your drag mom as Alyssa Edwards, right? Yes, that's right. We have a lovely family. The Edwards house is very lovely. So how did that conversation happen with Alyssa? Was it her asking you? Did you ask her? We were friends before we were family. And when I remember meeting Alyssa when I uh, was in college in Dallas, and she was a, already a star on the scene, uh, the pageant scene in Dallas. And, and I remember her coming up to me in a club. I was dancing, and she said, uh, who do you dance for? And I said, well, I, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? She goes, I said, who do you dance for? Okay. And I was like, no, nobody. I'm just here dancing. And she's like, uh-huh, you dance for me now. And she and she was putting together a pageant number and she needed backup dancers. And so she invited me to be one of the backup dancers. And I remember like that was kind of like one of my first introductions to like gay world, you know, because we would get at her dance studio late night. And at the time I'd just gotten a, an internship in PR and I was doing like working corporate world. And this was so different than my world like it was like so gay and over the top and I was just like fascinated with everything because I had just come out maybe like a year ago so I was like oh this is where I want to be so I became one of her backup dancers in the pageants then I'm fast forward I moved to LA fast forward a little more I started doing drag for the first time and I remember I called her when I was getting ready for drag race I said I'm going over here to drag race she said for what and I said I'm doing drag she said Girl, why are you doing drag? You have a $100,000 college degree. And I said, because I love it. Oh, my gosh, girl. What is your name? I said, Shangela. She said, oh, Shangela. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God, girl. I cannot believe this is some stupid. And she was so over it because she just was like, why are you sitting over here playing in my profession? Okay, that's what she called it. You are playing in my profession, girl. You are a corporate star. What are you doing over here? But uh, the more she saw me on Drag Race, she said, well, I guess you're my daughter now because you don't went on TV. Girl, we got to get you together. And so um, we've just continued to grow. She gave me tips, advice, makeup tips, all that kind of stuff, and uh, helped me to grow into the person that I am today. And I think I've, I've also helped her a lot as well because I remember saying, you should audition for Drag Race. And she was like, girl, what I look like over there auditioning for a TV show, girl? I'm a pageant superstar mama. And I was like, no, because I knew her. I said, this is television gold. Because as much as I love being in front of the camera, I also love being behind the camera as well. 
said if I was in production, she's so unscripted, unedited, like unfiltered. This is reality TV. Her narrations are amazing. Oh, they're lovely, girl. They're lovely. And she uh, was like, okay, girl, help me put this tape together now. And of course, wrangling her in to focus on getting anything done, Lord Jesus. <laughs> It was so much fun. She must have boot scooted around that whole room, honey, and putting that tape together. But she got it together. And I remember um, she auditioned for four. And she was in the finals to be. I don't know if I can even tell this. I guess I can't at this point. Uh, she was in the finals to be on four. And then, and I'm like, you're definitely on. You're definitely on, girl. Like, who would not cast you? And then she got a letter right before they went to film that said, thank you so much. You were in our finals, but you didn't make it to the actual casting on the show and she was devastated she was like girl what they didn't want me girl and i'm like that doesn't make any sense to me i had no clue but it just wasn't a fit for that particular season can you imagine her being on four with like sharon and all and fifi how about that so anyhow uh she ended up auditioning again and got on five and then it she just soared and i'm i just love our relationship we've you know, not only are we drag family, but we're real family. Like we're brothers even. Um, and my mom just went to her show recently, took her lasagna backstage. I'm like, mom, do not take her lasagna. Lord, my mama <laughs> loves cooking a lasagna and taking it. And Alyssa's like, girl, Miss Deborah came over here with a lasagna, girl. She did it, girl. She did it, girl. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my God. So you have this business sense about you. you. You Obviously, with your career, with Alyssa's career, this advice, the management company, uh, focusing on one specific thing, your hallelujah. Yes. Did you use that as a catchphrase knowing that catchphrases are just like useful in branding? You know, the truth is no. I would love to take credit for like putting that in there, but no, I did not come up with hallelujah thinking this is going to be my catchphrase. But I did, with my background in PR and marketing, recognize that, you know, that's something I say a lot. This should be something I continue to say because it is something I say every day. And then we said, you know what? If I'm going to say it, might as well put on a T-shirt. Might as well put on a bracelet. Might as well come up with a show called Hallelujah. It might as well. And it just became part of the thread of Shangela. And so, you know, we were so not our head. The girls from season two and three, you know, the OG girls, we didn't know about going in with an idea for branding, which I think made the show at the time even better because you didn't have these preconceived notions of what you want to do. This is my brand. This is what I want to represent. You just kind of went in like, I'm going to win this $100,000. I want to win. I want to be RuPaul's daughter. That's what I want to do. And they're doing their own kind of drag from their own part of the country. They're not watching drag on TV and copying that. Right. Because now there's 10 seasons of the show. Well, I think it's also to the point where you know, you've seen so many drag queens on the show, but also drag is pretty much everywhere now. And especially on YouTube, everybody's getting up in drag on YouTube. And so a lot of people learn a lot of techniques from other people. They're inspired by them. There are even looks that I bring to the runway this season that inspired me from videos that I saw or things that I saw online. I think that's the great thing about our world. But yeah, back in the day, the girls were... Uh, you didn't have anything to compare them to. Yeah. So it was like, okay, first time ever seen that, did that. But truly, a lot of times, if you look back far enough, we were inspired by somebody else or something else in life. It's just all about what RuPaul says in learning your drag history. Yeah. Looking at the season 10 queens, have you seen any of them that you yeah, think are your I favorites? Know some of them, actually. Oh, really? Um, Asia O'Hara, I also used to back up dance for. If you find any of the pageant DVDs from the Miss Gay US of A pageant, I dance on the front row. You know, I was a front row dancer. I danced back up for Asia when she won Miss Gay US of A the year 
after Alyssa won, which I also danced back up for Alyssa front row, uh, when she won Miss Gay of US of A as well. So it's, we all have, Asia and I, Asia used to back up, used to rehearse all her stuff at Alyssa's studio as well and came up under Alyssa. They used to compete against each other in pageants and also with each other. Asia has danced for Alyssa in the pageant. So it's really wild. Yeah. And it's awesome to see these girls who I've known to be on Drag Race now and get this opportunity. I know her. I know Monet Exchange from New York, Miss Cracker, Aquaria. I think those are firecracker kind of girls that bring a lot to the stage. I know you, Ha. Aquaria's looks blow me away. Oh, she's sickening, child. She's sickening. And she represents something that's really. part of i think where we're headed with regard to drag which drag continues to get younger and younger and younger but also age doesn't have a thing to do with it it's all about how much time you've invested she may be a young queen with regard to age but she's very polished and no one should underestimate her it's so basic to say but um i've been following cameron michaels because he's so attractive (laughs) Ah, come on you like the hotties i see what's going on here (laughs) that's why you're here thank you babe i appreciate i put on my good plaid (laughs) shirt for you today um is there any piece of advice that you can give these new queens is it just the bu that you've said already ride the wave you know, um, on the show, I just, I always encourage everyone before they go to the show, anyone who's auditioning even, just try to figure out who you are and don't get shaken by the judges. I think my season, season three, I was working so hard to give them what I think they, what I thought they wanted, as opposed to what they really want is the best version of you. Just you, the best version of who you are. And in watching the show, seasons four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the all-star seasons, I learned, oh, it's about being yourself, but making sure that you're just doing yourself at that top tier level. That's what it's all about. So that's my advice to these queens. Be you. Don't try to fit into what you think the judges might want based on what they're saying to someone else. That's their critique. You just do the best you possible. And don't get crazy. Ride the wave, honey. Don't get crazy because the fans, the fans of our show are so dedicated and passionate. And that means when they love you, they love you. And when they don't like you, bitch, they will let you have it. You have to not internalize that. Look before you tweet, you know, even if I could take my own advice. Um, because you can't get caught up in that. Don't get your feelings hurt <clears throat> by people that say things about you who don't know you. You know you. You know you. So just continue to be you and they'll come to love you. Amazing. And thank you for being here. Yes. And congratulations so on everything. I appreciate it. Make sure everybody go to my website, shangela.com, because that's where all my tour schedule is, as well as the new comedy tour as well. I want everybody to see it. And I got some new music coming. I'm so excited. When's that going to be out? Uh, I'm planning to drop the first single right after the finale, right after they crown me next week. <laughs> I'm crossing out my fingers. I want to win. Um, but we'll see. Stay tuned. Um, but I'm definitely going to drop some music after that. And then I have a a full EP that I'm calling uh, Boss Bitch Anthems. uh, That is four of my favorite new songs I've been working on uh, that will come out by April 1st. I would love to say it would all drop next week, but I'm such a perfectionist. There are some little things that I'm putting like. That's soon, though. That's great. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. All right. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, baby. And that's our show. Big thank you to Shangela for this. 
if you enjoyed this interview, you can also check out our other ones with drag queens like Trixie Mattel and Katya. And then don't forget we're available on all platforms like iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Although it's especially helpful if you rank us five stars and leave a comment on iTunes. It's one of the biggest ways you can help our show. And if you do do that, please tweet at me and let me know. I would love to say thank you. I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. I also want to say that this summer, I'm going to be biking the 545 miles from San Francisco to Los Angeles with AIDS Lifecycle to raise money for the life-saving services that the San Francisco AIDS Foundation and LA LGBT Center provides. If you want to or are able to contribute, I would absolutely love that. Every little bit counts. I have a page up at tofighthiv.org slash go to slash JeffMasters1. There's also also links in the show notes. Special thank you to our partners at Panoply, our old home after Buzz TV, the Elon University in Los Angeles studio, Jason McMurdy, and everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. 